If I sound strange, I am not trying to sound romantic in any shape or form, okay? <clears throat> I'm not trying to be funny or anything like that. But, uh, you know, we, we go through so much uh, in our lives, and uh, the wonderful thing is we know we have Jesus, right? All the time, all the time. Uh, Pastor Pam and I, we don't even know what, what happened with us, uh, but thank God it was nothing, you know, I mean, we hear all things going on with these different types of variants and all that, but there was no hospitalization, there was no doctor visit, there was no medicine. <clears throat> it was just getting rest. So I'm still a little bit congested, okay? But believe it or not, I, I was back at the gym and, and I, I only did the life cycle uh, for the, the three days that I've been there and stayed away from everyone. But uh, <clears throat> again, forgive me, and those of you that are listening from home, forgive me too, uh, or listening from all over the place. So think about this for a minute, church. A lot of us, want the best from God each and every day. Those that understand that there is a God, a living God, a holy God, a righteous God. We want the best from God. We want salvation. We want redemption. We want sanctification. But here's the thing. We're not willing to do any of the work in being wonderful disciples, right? Wonderful disciples and discipling others for Jesus Christ. Remember, we cannot earn salvation. We cannot earn redemption. We cannot earn uh, any of the things that people think they can do on their own. Sometimes, well, we're going to do this, we're going to do that. You're always going to fall short. But this message is not only for us here at church, but it's also for those listening and, and hopefully People will take this and, and understand that there is there is some assembly required. Okay, it's like when you get something that you buy and has been has been delivered through uh, Amazon Prime, and it's something that when you get the instructions of something you buy, it might be a a piece of furniture, it might be even some type of hi-fi equipment or whatever, but there's always some assembly required. And it's the same thing. There is always some work that needs to be done. And what am I referring to is pressing against God. Wanting, if we want the best from God, we have to give our very best. Now, when I was at the university many times, we have what is called auditing. I don't know if anyone has heard that terminology. Auditing, a course, A-U-D-I-T-I-N-G, auditing. Raise your hand if you heard of auditing a course. Okay. And so <clears throat> I remember myself, there were, uh, before we open the prayer, I want to say this. I remember myself, there were sometimes so many classes that I was taking, and I wanted to take one that was out, and they would offer it, and they would say you could audit the course. Now, different universities, different uh, curriculum department would they have their own syllabus that they put out through their curriculum and what happens is there's different requirements for auditing a course even today you can still audit a course at a university or a college you can audit a course 
And some of the requirements meant you would just sit there and get the information. You never had to do any paperwork. You never had to do any preparation at all. You never had to put together any type of uh, research that should be normally done in every course outlined through their syllabus. So a lot of people that were pretty, pretty smart and always attended school, they would try to audit these courses. And again, you ask yourself the question, I only did it once time, but I can remember of all the, the schooling that I have. But my main thing is I wanted the information. But a lot of people want the information and they don't want to do anything about the information. And case in point, what am I referring to? Well, every Sunday, all over the country, people that are churchgoers, they attend church. But they don't understand the message that is given to the pastor or the bishop that is delivering that message is a message to be heard. It's a message then also to be applied in your daily life. And what happens is people end up wanting to audit Jesus. And I know that sounds like a word of lunacy, but they want to audit Jesus. They want to receive that which they come to church, but they don't want to do anything about it. And even though you hear pastors from even this pulpit saying, well, hopefully you took what you heard today through the Holy Spirit and you come out of the church walls and you apply it to your life. And how does that work? Applying it to your life means the way you treat people, okay, in and out of church, the way the way you try to disciple people, because discipleship is very important, okay? And, and also, the way you live your life and applying what you learn to always put Jesus in front of everything that you're doing. You've heard so many great messages here uh, <clears throat> all the time. I, I, can, I can contest to that. And I can tell you this, uh, some of the messages were wonderful because those folks that were delivering the message were always saying, you know, I did everything I could. I thought I was in control. This is a little bit part of one of the last messages that I heard. And, and yet, I, I forgot that Jesus needs to be in the middle of it all. And that's what needs to happen in our lives. So when we try to audit Jesus, like either taking a, a test, in the university once you can take a test and you don't even have to go to class and you audit six weeks of coursework without doing anything if you score a certain <clears throat> a percentage in, of what that class requirement was for you to meet success and progress into the next course so understanding that if we are going to be true believers and walking with Christ, we cannot continue auditing Jesus of what we want to receive. So the message uh, to understand tonight is, if we don't do any of the work, really, we're living a meaningless life. Let me repeat that at the end. 
If we're not doing any of the work to understand what Jesus is conveying to us through this, this Holy Spirit, if we're not doing any of the work to disciple others, we're living a meaningless life. And you're going to see more and more of that today, that people just come to church to check off on their list. Well, and I used to hear people talk this way, and one of them was me. One of them was me. When I used to say, well, you know what? I got to go to church. So I, once I go to church, I know I'm going to feel better. But I, way back then when I was walking in darkness, I never went to church to really honestly and truly and openly receive and open my heart to what was being said from the pulpit and what was being heard from the praise and worship team. I just wanted to come in so I could check that off. I went to church. So life becomes meaningless. So the, the title of the message tonight is, did we get, <clears throat> did we work so hard to get there in our lives to know who Jesus Christ is, to continue drying out, drying out, D-R-Y-I-N-G, drying out. And we've heard about the dry bones many times from up here. And this, is, this message is going to kind of piggyback on many of the messages that you have heard already. Because I believe not only is it a level of urgency to understand that if we don't do the work, we're going to dry out. And there's not, we're going to be just like walking dead. You've heard that from me and others coming up here. We're going to be like, like living a meaningless life. We just come to church because we make good friends. And, and it's a, you know, it, it's, it's a time to enjoy with one another. But if that's the way we live our lives, we're living a meaningless life. Let's bow our heads and go to God in open service. Father God, we thank you, Lord. We thank you for tonight. We thank you for bringing us here. Father God, we thank you for your, your strength, Father God. We thank you for your healing, Father God. That nothing will keep us down, Father God. That no virus, disease, or whatever it is, will ever come against us because we're covered by your blood. We are covered by the blood of Jesus. And Lord, you are our strength. We can take all the medicine we want to take. We can go visit the doctor so many times we want to visit the doctor or even emergency rooms. But if you're not in the front, in the center, in the fullness of our life, we live a meaningless life. Help us understand tonight through the Holy Spirit because I cannot do justice to any of this, that we can receive the word, that we can understand how important it is, Lord Christ, that we cannot audit our time with Christ and think that it's okay. Lord, we want to give you all the praise, all the glory, and all the honor. In your precious name we pray, and the church said, amen. Amen. So if you could, open your app or your Bible and go to First Kings. Verse 17, <clears throat> I'm sorry, chapter 17, verse 7. First King, chapter 17, verse 7. Very, very, very uh, quick. And it happened after a while that the brook dried up because there had been no rain in the land. Okay? 
So these are the important points to understand about what it means to, to, to have a dry brook, a dry body of water, uh, uh, the, the living water that is not flowing through you that God, Christ Jesus, has, has given us and offered us. Here we see Elijah in the dry brook. And we know the story because it's been told many times from up here. We have heard this story over and over from this pulpit. The flow of the brook slowed down until it dried up. The source of water was gone. God has always promised to meet our needs, church, over and over again. And his holy word, his living word, his righteous word. But there are times when the brook dries up. Church, hear this. This does not mean that God, God is angry with us when the brook in our life has dried up because sometimes people try to get uh, try to come with the simplest answers thinking they know the way God thinks thinking they know God's plan for us but the thing is he's not angry with us or has forgotten about who we are it could very well be that God needs to move in a different direction God does not want for us to live an everlasting, comfy life. God did not create us for us to live a comfortable life. Everyone, uh, a lot of people retired, like myself and, and Pastor Pam or not, they want to just live a comfortable life. Leave me alone. I didn't do anything to you. Why are you imposing all this stuff on me about discipleship, about you know pressing on to God so we can receive what God has for us why because Jesus wants the best for us each and every day of our lives and so what happens here is he not only wants for us to be obedient but wants to stretch us for his divine purpose and, and I always say to people, be very careful what you pray for. Because if you ask God to stretch you, <laughs> God will stretch you. And, and not only you better become a great multitasker of the duties that God may give you, the newfound duties, but he will stretch you. And, and you know what's wonderful about being stretched by the Lord Jesus Christ? What happens is you actually... He actually makes you stronger. Makes you stronger to understand that things are not always going to be comfy. Not always going to be the word we use up here, you know, kumbaya and hunky-dory. There needs to be work done. What kind of work am I talking about? I'm talking about getting on your knees and praying. What am I talking about? Work about staying on the, in the Word of God. I mean, each and every day, not only when you have spare time, but all of the time. Not, not, only, not only when you're feeling good, but even when you are down and you're all congested and you don't even know what the heck is going on with you. But you got to make time for prayer and you got to make time always to stay in the Word. 
And it's difficult when you don't feel good. It's difficult when you feel like, wow, what has happened to me? Well, that's that's the same thing <laughs> with, with, with a dry brook or a dry river. If, if you don't continue feeding your brook, your living water through Christ Jesus, how can you expect to receive the best from God? Any one of us. And we, we all go through it at times. So again, he stretches us for his divine purpose. I truly believe in that. The definition of dryness. What is, you know, dryness? In, in, in some cases, part of, uh, of dryness can be a good thing. Can be a good thing. It, it's just like what, what happens what, what happens to um, what happens to to us at our, our home? A lot of you know that we we raise Japanese fish. Okay, we we have kois, and and I have to have two aerators and two filters running at the same time. And and you know kois. If you know anything about Japanese fish, these kois can last even up to 100 years. I'm not saying you and I are gonna last 100 years, but if you keep them healthy, and if you keep changing your filter and keep the water clean, which that's my assignment. By the way, I have three koi's, and you know, I named them. I don't know if you ever heard me say this. I have to plug this in. They are my three wonderful Hebrew boys. Rachat, Meshach, and Abednego. I actually go out to the patio where I have the pond, and I when I'm going to feed them, and I just call out their names. And do you? I think they really listen. And I go, Rachat, Meshach, where's Abednego? And they all come. And I can even put the the, the pellets in my palm, my hand, and they'll come like little puppies to eat the food. But I'm telling that story because what happens is. When we have an electrical failure, a power outage, okay, or there's a lot of rain and it may hit some of the wires that are connected to the outlet where I have plugged in both of the aerators and you know uh, filters. Uh, of course, uh, uh, how do you say that? A GM, GMF or GFI. GFI, right? For the safety, it'll it'll cut out. The electricity so no one could get shocked or anything like that and so the filters or aerators they don't come back on until there's dryness it has to be dryness all around the area so the definition of dryness is lacking water moisture lacking freshness or dry as bones and here we go again with the reference that Elijah was speaking of dry bones. The Bible definition says a form of spiritual call to attention. And I believe that. I believe that God will use that. God may allow us to, to continue in our path of being dried up because he's trying to get our attention. That we cannot serve him from the comfy chair or lazy board chair or laying on our bed. He wants us to serve him actively 
to get involved actively. And what do I mean by that? Getting involved actively means getting involved in people's lives, discipling them, loving on them, encouraging them. And, and, and I hear that a lot in this body of Christ at Potter's House of Coral Springs. How we're always there not to come alongside and judge people here, but to come alongside and encourage people, motivate them, let them know to continue on their walk with Christ, not to get discouraged. Listen, if you if you tell me that you're never discouraged, I believe you're not being honest with yourself and with God. All of us are discouraged at times. We're discouraged with our jobs. We're discouraged with people that we, we deal with and they mistreat us. We're discouraged with, with the fact that we pray and pray and pray for asking for healing and this, whatever. And, and we get discouraged sometimes because we don't get an answer right away. But Jesus teaches us, if you allow me to stretch you, I'm going to stretch you that you will understand that all you need is me. You don't need a great plan. You don't need a great blueprint. All you need is me. And if you rely totally on me, my Holy Spirit, you will be able to understand that you want to be always, always a fountain of living water. Living water that when you speak to people, not only wisdom comes out of your mouth through Christ Jesus, but his love. And that's what we want for, always to strive for. So it might be a call to spiritual attention. Important points. Why does God let them dry? Why does he allow us sometimes to go through that? I believe Jesus Christ wants to teach us not to trust only in his gifts, but to trust solely in him. You hear some people even at church give testimonies about the greatest gifts that God has given them. And listen, that's wonderful. There's nothing wrong with that. But are we kind of reclining ourselves on only on the outcome of our prayers that we receive gifts? Or are we inclining ourselves or pushing ourselves into Christ knowing, I just want to be obedient to him. I just want to love on the Lord no matter what I'm going through. No matter what I'm going through, I want to love on the Lord, whether I'm up or whether I'm down. I want to love on my Lord. And, and so then, you're not looking only for, oh, let me see what kind of gift God has for me today. We're not, we're not relying on that. We're relying on the fact that, let me see how I can even walk closer to Christ. That should be the important thing for you and for me and those of you listening from home. He wants to drain all of us from ourselves. Isn't that something? He wants to dry us up about our self-worth. Well, hey, uh, I have a pretty good job. I do this, I do that. Oh, I, I have a nice house. I drive a nice car. <laughs> Let me tell you, if we allow God to stretch us, he's going to dry out that part of our lives 
because that is a part that's insignificant in the kingdom of Jesus Christ. The main focus, and you hear it in the opening messages here every time, you hear it in the main, in the main messages here is, we're here to serve. If, if you and I can say, can say, honestly, being honest in you, I am a slave of God, you're in the right direction. When we can say we are slaves of the Lord Jesus Christ, we're in the right direction. God bless you, Pastor Pam, right there. He wants to put in a stronger contrast that river of, of throne, water that never dries. Living water that lives within us that will never dry. Why? Not because we're great of, 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 of dealing with this, but because we honor him and he wants to continue empowering us to continue doing wonderful things and for his kingdom. Can you go to Jeremiah chapter 50, verse 38? There's only four scriptures that we're doing tonight. <clears throat> Jeremiah 50, 38. <clears throat> Sorry. Here's what the word of God says. A drought is against, <clears throat> is against her waters, and they will be dried up. For it is the land of carved images, and that they are insane with their idols. Jeremiah 50, 38. And this is what, what happens. People think, reference of idols were the ones that were made into calves, golden calves and things like that during the time of Moses. Idols can be anything in our lives. Anything that will lead us to drying up. To drying up. When we can where we find ourselves not being able to do God's work, we're drying up. So important points here. God has Never, God has never stopped trying to get our attention. And we truly walk with Christ. He always is always wanting to get our attention about anything that will serve him. Are we listening again and again? Are we listening again and again? He will allow for us to go through dry spells if we are just focusing so much on me. I don't mean me for you, but I mean on yourself. Is our focus has to always be on ourselves, or should the main focus always, the underlying, always be about Christ? And that's what we need to understand that's so important. Let us look at three. Three drying body of waters, you can call them brooks, rivers, even ponds in our lives that could definitely show up unannounced. This could happen in your life and my life. These three, I'm just going to focus on three tonight, these three dry spells that may occur in our lives. I know you've heard this over and over so much. You know, when you hear from the pulpit, are you coming to church to receive the word and apply the word? Or are you coming to church just again to be in a comfy situation and you can check off on your list, I came to church. That is meaningless to Christ. Anyone can come into church and their, and their spirit and their heart is not in church. They're just sitting there. 
So these are things that we need to understand. So number one, the drying brook of health. Oh yeah, the drying brook of health, sinking under a creeping paralysis that could be happening inside our lives. And, and that could happen to any one of us here. Or a slow consumption. Number two, the drying brook of money. A lot of us may have moments, man, I did so well in my job. I had a, I had a wonderful job and now, now my finances have dried up. But where's Jesus in all of this? Because remember, he will never leave us nor forsake us and he will always make a way. When one door closes, he will open up another door. Okay, he will open up another door. Hang on. <clears throat> okay. So, the drawing book of money slowing, dwindling before the demands of sickness, bad debts, or other people, extravagance way of living that we feel we must keep up with the Joneses. I know that's an expression that is used a lot in the United States. I, I never understood what that meant when I was growing up uh, after we got we arrived here from Cuba. I never knew keeping up with the Joneses. What are you talking about? Well, sometimes we're worried so much about the worldly things that we forget about the godly things. <coughs> so we, we're, we're trying to live beyond our, our means. We're trying to live that we think, well, if I accumulate so much, I never have to worry about the up and downs of the market. I never have to worry about Bitcoin. I never have to worry about this. I never have to worry about that. <coughs> and can I tell you, even if you are retired or not retired, <laughs> you can have the greatest plan in the world because Pastor Pam and I are retired. And I'm always, always, tweaking the budget, our home budget, all the time, because things happen. And God may be stretching us in one direction or another, okay? And so you have to be ready <coughs> for those things. Number three, drawing brook of friendship, fellowship and relationship, which has been diminishing and threatened soon to cease because we have just stopped. Listen to this. We have just stopped caring for others and what they may be going through. We stopped making time to serve them because we are too busy serving ourselves. And I believe, <clears throat> and I believe if you're a true Christian, I mean, you're a slave of Christ, but you also live with your heart knowing that you put others first before you. And when we can put others first before ourselves, <clears throat> what happens and the changes that happens are unbelievable in our lives. I'll give you case in point. Case in point. My next door neighbor, him and his wife, wonderful people, and uh, he has palm trees, like we have palm trees on the side of our yard. And so <clears throat> many times I would see palm trees thrown over the fence from his side of the yard to my side, <laughs> our side. 
<clears throat> and I even caught him a couple times. Now I said to him from the very beginning, listen, if there's a ponton uh, that falls on your side, I just toss it over. But this was ridiculous. He was tossing it over on a weekly basis. And it was always in one corner. <laughs> and so, but you know what? I went to God and God said to me, don't sweat the small stuff. Don't worry about it. Don't say anything. And I was like, God, God, it's not fair. Look what he's doing. And I would even, I would even vent with my wife. I don't want him. I never said a word. So here's what happened. We had our palm trees shaved down pretty well because you have to prune them. You have to get them so they can grow better, nicer, because some of the palm, palm trees were dying. They, they get a disease and they were dying. And so he saw how the guys that take care of our lawn, how they cleaned up the back of where the palm trees, the back of it, and some of them were falling on his side. But he had so much falling, in th or him throwing on my side. And I never, like I said, I never said a word. So he calls me up, he goes, wow, it looks really nice what you've done. I say, oh yeah, yeah, definitely. And, and, and I said, and I'm sorry if any of them you know, would fall, but now, and here's what I said. I have to be honest with you. Now, you shouldn't have any of my palms fall on your side, but it's, it's okay. But yet, his kept falling, and I, and because his palm trees were pretty high, and I didn't say a word. So one day I walk out, this is not too long ago, this, all this stuff happened recently, and he had two garbage cans full of palm thongs that were in it. He never would have that. They would always, I was the garbage can on my yard for his palm thorns. He would throw them over. And so he texts me, he goes, wow, by the way, uh, I want you to know, I don't know why he told me this, because I've never complained to him. By the way, I don't know if you noticed, I had two garbage cans full of the, 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 the palms that fell off the palm trees. And, uh, and I, I, will do, I will do better in taking, care, <laughs> in taking care of my own stuff. But here's the way God wanted me to answer him. I said, oh, no worries. We will help each other out. That was it. I, and, and that was like, like magical words to him. Because I could have said this to him. Well, it's about time. You kept throwing your stuff over my fence. But that's not what God wanted me to do. And I wanted my, I, I, I didn't want to have that dry spell and, and that dry brook in my life that then I would make a new enemy that lives right beside Pam and I. I always, I always, I always beat them up with Jesus' love all the time. I always compliment them both. And, 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 and it's a beat down with the love of Christ. Because there's no excuse to say anything negative to, to, uh, to bring him down and to destroy him. Can you go to the third scripture, Psalms chapter 40, verses 1 and 2. <clears throat> and thank you for uh, allowing me to speak with not a very clear voice and not walk out of the church. Psalms 40, verses 1 and 2. I waited patiently for the Lord, and he inclined to me and heard my cry. 
He also brought me up out of a horrible pit, out of the miry clay, and set my feet upon a rock and established my, my steps. And you know, that could be for any one of us, but, but think about what, happened, what he did with Joseph. Think what, what God did with Joseph. He never leave, left him or forsake him, even after his brothers. They, they were plotting to kill him. And they threw him in this pit. And then they, they, they sold him. <laughs> Think what God did with Joseph. How his brook never dried out because he always put God first. Think about Potter's wife and wanting to get Joseph to commit adultery, to, to, to do the wrong thing. And right away, he, he said no. And what did she do? She grabbed a piece of his of his cloak, a piece of his of, of, of his garment, so that again, evil trying to destroy and dry up the rivers and the brooks of our life that way. So important points here. Sometimes waiting can be dreadful. Oh yeah. Don't tell me it's not dreadful for you sometimes, because you would not be being very honest. <clears throat> but God will allow us to dry up at times because we're not living a life of purpose for him. And that's what we need to tell everyone on Sunday from the church and myself with the man on Saturday. If we're not willing to do God's work, we could have very many dry seasons in our life where we see nothing is happening in our lives. Again, I repeat myself, how can we expect the best from God well, we don't want to give him our best. How can we want to honor Jesus all the time? So, number two, we want, we want and want, but we are not willing to wait on Him. This can happen at any time of our lives that we're going through this. So, church, a very important question for all of us that I want to ask all of us: Listen up. How do we combat spiritual dryness? And we're getting into almost the closure of this message. How do we combat in our lives spiritual dryness? <clears throat> and I'm going to give you a few points. You can jot them down or just listen up. Here comes some good stuff. Some good stuff I'm going to share with you. Turn to God and pray. That's one of them. All the time. All the time. Not just in need, but also, <clears throat> also in excitement. Turn to God and pray. Wow, that is simple. And see, we try to make it, <clears throat> I'm sorry, we try to make it so difficult. And the gospel of Jesus Christ is not difficult. It is so simple if we open up our hearts and we embrace it. It becomes very simple. It becomes your new and my new way of life. That without him, we can't do anything. Without him, we cannot defeat any virus sickness, flu, who knows what Pastor Pam and I had for a few days. But you know, it, it, it's just, what I'm saying is, when we can trust in the living water that he gives us, the running water, the, the water that keeps us alive, we can do just about anything, right? We can do just about anything. So. Go, if we could, go to Psalm 16, 11, the last scripture for tonight. 
of this living water we're talking about in the dryness. Psalm 16, verse 11. You will show me the path of life. Okay, we know this is King David. The, the psalm is uh, you know, speaking to God. In your presence is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. Pleasures forevermore. So, are we allowing for Christ to deal with our dryness now? I'm going to go to number two. Remember I told you I had, I had, a, I had actually four that I wanted to talk to you about. About how, how do we combat spiritual dryness in our lives. So number two, talking to yourself rather than listening to yourself. Mm. Mm -mm. <clears throat> Thank you. We need all of us to speak the truth to ourselves rather than listening to the doubts and complaints that come pouring out of our minds. When we can, when we can go before God, and yeah, we want to vent. Oh yeah, we want to vent. We want to complain. But when we can go in front of God and say, Lord, I messed up again. I need you, Jesus. I need your healing. I need your strength. I need your wisdom. Oh, that's when we become, we understand that we will receive success through him in our lives. We need all of us again to speak the truth to ourselves. And we all must affirm God's truth to ourselves. <clears throat> and when we can speak the truth about ourselves, our own testimony about ourselves, how wicked we can be at times, how dry we, can be, we have become, then that's when we're going to see God God doing his work in our lives. And that is so important that we don't have to continue trying to make excuses for everything that we trip ourselves over. Number three, keep us with a spiritual discipline during times when we feel like we are passing through a spiritual wilderness. Okay, a spiritual wilderness is a crit it is critical that we keep practicing our spiritual discipleness so important in our Bible study, prayer, fellowship with other believers. So church, when the wind, W-I-N-D, when the wind dies in our sails of life, pressing more and more to, and when, when, when the winds die in our sails of life, we must immediately start rowing R-O-W-I-N-G. We must start start growing, pressing more and more towards Christ. You're going to have strong winds come against you. You're going to have the tornadoes, the hurricanes come against you. A loss of job, a loss of the increase that you were promised to get a raise, um, even dealing with, with, with sickness. You're going to have your, your, the, the wind that's been blowing and pushing you forward through Christ Jesus may die out, may dry out, may, may cease. But that's when the opportunity comes. God's, I can hear God saying, oh, Pete, didn't you say you want me to stretch you? Well, here's a great opportunity right here to stretch you right now, to stretch you right now, right? Number four, we must wait and expect in faith that God will answer our prayers. The answer may not be what we want, for us, you've heard this many times from out here, but Jesus is our true, 
flowing water. He's the only one. Not, nothing else. You can you can have you can have the best blueprints in life. You can have the best studies. You could have audited even some of your seminary Christian classes. You could have done this, but and done that. But if what lives inside of you is dried up, how can you serve God? And better, how can you serve others? We can't. So we got to ask God to continue pouring water in us, the living water, the living water that he gave to the Samaritan woman of the well. We need that. We need that living water because that living water is what's going to keep us strong in Christ and, 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 and full of, of that beautiful flowing river that when people ask us for prayer or, or just to listen to them, we can listen to them with love, compassion, and having an answer that comes from above, not from us. Let's go to God. Let's bow our heads. Heavenly Father, we thank you for tonight. I thank you, Lord, that you gave me the strength in the word. I pray that, uh, that I could speak clearly, Lord, and you made a way for me, Father God. You made a way for me because I love you so much, and I, and I just want to honor you. So even if I had to come up here, and have a little oxygen tank, I would still do it. I would still do it because I love you, Lord. And I wanted to share with my.